police in the morning. Directed by Tim O'Raw, four strangers are summoned to the basement of an abandoned house by a mysterious entity known only as the Sentinel. One or another, they are forced to witness heinous deeds that they have yet to commit, and which will damn them for all eternity. Swimming pool. An unfaithful woman disposes of the evidence with a little help from a demonic water spirit. Trick or treat. Classic monsters exact revenge on a bitter man who refuses to honor Halloween. Zombie movie. Cocaine. Hookers and reanimated corpses wreak havoc on the set of an independent film, Home Sweet Home. A young man questions his sanity after purchasing a house where torture and mass murder were committed six years before. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here at B-Movie is the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So here we are, the end of our pandemic month where, you know, we've been stuck inside for way too long watching actually not-so-shitty movies this time around. And we picked, you know, somewhere you've gotten familiar with as you, if you've been in quarantine, The Basement from 1989. You know, a place that either gets creepy or less creepy the longer that you live somewhere. This movie is an anthology, so we'll be doing it a little different than most reviews. We're still going to have our technical difficulties and talk about, you know, the top and bottom. But we're just the top and bottom one of each of the stories within this film. So let's dive right into this ship with our technical difficulties, starting with the swimming pool. So for me, I think we're going to start with the bottom on all of them. The worst aspect of this one is that... There was really no explanation to why this woman was at the pool or who all these people were. I mean, they kind of showed up, went in the pool, and she crossed names off a list. It was, you know, confusing. I felt like it was right in the middle of a storyline. But, you know, the best part about it was this amazingly terribly choreographed fight scene that didn't go on long enough. I mean, most of the time, I want those scenes to just end. But, like, I, I just wanted to see more of this horrible cat fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that one. For my bottom for that one was I felt like I was just kind of thrown into a story. I wasn't sure why the pool was, I don't know, eating people or bubbling them to death. Like, I thought maybe they got the bubble machine of death from Godzilla or something like that. And... Yeah, it was just weird, like, this woman's crossing off names, and then suddenly her name's on it and gets crossed off. I'm like, that was weird, but all right, sure. But yeah, number like number one for my top of that was definitely the just hilariously bad cat fight. It was so ridiculously, like, horribly choreographed, and I just loved it. And it's made even better by the bad dialogue, which is complimented horribly and wonderfully by the just abysmal voicing voiceovering it was it was truly a spectacle to behold the next part of this movie was trick or treat Um, my bottom for trick or treat was the ridiculous noise that emily makes which is fucking stupid i was like i was like i thought she was supposed to be a demon or something she's over here like like 
fucking brontosaurus no she's supposed to be a ghost like scare the dude don't you know make him want to pet you i don't know that was his, was that his Number his uh, dead wife or yeah. Yeah. What I loved about that was he's like, yeah, no way. I love how he's like, no way. That can't be you. Then she goes, blah, blah, blah. it's like, oh my God, it must be you. It's like, what? Were those the noises that she used to make during sex or something? Like, like oh. how is that so distinguishable as his wife? Whenever they were like fucking with like kids on Halloween, she'd always do that, I guess. And then. The, the top thing about trick-or-treat had to be Charles's daydream when he's teaching the kids at school and he just fucking slaughters them all. It's, you know, he just, he just pulls, you know, knife after knife, gun, you know, stabs a kid with a pencil in the face. Like, it, it honestly came out of nowhere and it was so ridiculous. Um, I just, I loved every second of it. And the kids are just standing there taking it. They're like, you know, I guess, I guess, I'm, I guess my teacher's killing me. You know, I could try to escape, but nah, I might get detention or something. <laughs> yeah, my bottom for that one was so. After finally learning not to be a dick to kids on Halloween, I guess, which was the moral of the story. So I, I guess spoiler alert, whatever. Um, the protagonist, whatever his name was. Um, he's just kind of killed by the Grim Reaper who shows up. It's like, you know, I, I was I was comparing this movie to like a Christmas carol where it's like, oh, you know, I want to live. I like I've learned my lesson. You know, I don't want to be a dick forever. And then but the Grim Reaper just shows up and he's like, yeah, too late. You know, you're, you're fucked. I'm sorry. You don't get, you don't get a second chance like freaking um, uh, Scrooge. It was uh, it's just kind of sudden. It's like, um, yeah. why? What was the point of that? I had the same thought the whole time watching it. I'm like, like, oh, this is the ghost of Halloween past. This is the ghost of Halloween present. And for no, for the thing I liked about the film was that um, I, I well, first I love the terrible acting. It's so over the top. It's so ridiculous. The like the other one, it's helped out a lot by the terrible voiceovering, and I. I love like just how insane the main character gets at times. Like he has that fantasy about killing people. He's just a dick to kids for no real reason. Like I was watching this with my wife and she's like, well, you know, he's like, it was right after he yells at these kids for coming onto his property. She's like, well, if his lights are off, you know, they really shouldn't be doing that. But no, he's, he's doing it for fun. Like he's just, he enjoys, enjoys being an asshole and he's, he's pretty funny with it to say the least. And, this is kind of a minor thing, but I mean, the movie's called Trick or Treat, and it, I can definitely see similarities to my favorite Halloween film, which is Trick or Treat or Trick or Treat. It's um minus the O, and I kind of I, I was able to appreciate that. This one obviously came out way before that one, but you know, is this kind of cool seeing like an almost prototype of that film? Well, and also, I mean, the the whole his lights were off; they shouldn't have been trick or treating at his house. It was the 80s. Trick-or-treating rules were different than today. That's like, true. There wasn't a set time for trick-or-treat. You just went and trick-or-treated until, you, you know, you either got kidnapped or you had too many candies to carry. Such a better time. Well, the next movie on this list is Zombie Movie, the next part of the anthology. For me, the bottom of Zombie Movie had to be the fact that it really lacked special effects. Like, even the makeup and everything, 
you know, when you compared it to Trick or Treat or even Swimming Pool having the tentacle pool monster thing that you saw one time, Zombie Movie is pretty plain and, you know, in a sense, makes it a little more boring than the others. But the top thing had to be the Zombies theme song. Those, you know, guitar riffs that were going on every time the zombies were on screen, you know, they put a smile on my face. I enjoy that. I can appreciate that. For my bottom for um, zombie movie was, so toward the end of the skit, the um, director, the guy who ends up in hell or whatever, he's, he's, um, he points a gun at these two women in this trailer while they're while the trailer is being attacked by zombies and he forces them to go outside to get eaten by the zombies and i'm just thinking like why are they listening to him like one there's two of them there's they have a pretty good chance of getting the gun away from him and even if they can't i mean getting shot to death is probably much more much more a much better way of dying than getting eaten alive you know it reminded me of in i think season four of the walking dead like spoiler alert for something came out like six years ago but um when the governor invaded the prison and they end up destroying it he's there lying like dying stranded by zombies and this woman who's with him who he like basically ruined her entire life she's there and shoots him in the head and then she gets eaten by zombies and i'm like well that sucks because she got the worst ending like i i didn't understand that like and it was the same logic with this it's like how, in what ways getting shot in the head and dying instantly better than being torn apart by zombies like that's such a dumb move and for my top one so the movie is about this shitty director who's making a shitty zombie movie and people keep telling him wow your stuff sucks you know maybe you should listen to us he goes no no this is great and i kind of almost felt like the movie had some self-awareness realizing how just dumb it was and i I can always appreciate when a movie has some level of self-awareness i'm not sure if that's what it was but you know it, it did i felt like they're at least saying yeah we know this is because they they talk about like George Romero's dead movies, and I kind of felt like they were saying, "Yeah, we know it's not nearly that good, but you know, here's our zombie movie. Have fun." I I don't know, Paul. I watched some of the special features on the DVD, and I'm I'm pretty sure that the director thought very highly of himself. I'm kind of glad I didn't. So I might have to retract that. <laughs> so I just go with I kind of thought like yeah, I thought the music that was playing when the actual zombies came was pretty cool with like. It's actually like a kind of metal sort of uh, zombie invasion, and I always appreciate that. Well, the final segment of the movie was called Home Sweet Home. And for me, the bottom had to be the lighting. So much of it is so dark that it's really hard to see the details and what's happening in a lot of the in a lot of it. Especially when, you know, there's a monster running around and killing people. And most of those scenes, like, are half lit or less than half lit so you're just kind of guessing as to what's going on but there is one scene that's lit at least enough for you to tell what's going on and that is my top part of it the skull splitting scene where you know the monster just rips somebody's face right in half and tears a brain out of his skull it might be the most gruesome scene in the movie and you know it's pretty fantastic 
that whole that that whole scene and like some of the gore in that was pretty amazing. That was definitely the best practical effects they had. I think they took all the effect budget from zombie movie and put it into Home Sweet Home so they could have that scene. I could see that. So for Home Sweet Home, my bottom bottom um I guess well not really three, but the thing I I disliked about it the most was so this kind of goes with the um, wraparound story, which was, so they're all, all the main characters from the different, the different stories are, you know, they're seeing the sins of their future and they're basically damned for things that they haven't yet committed, which is already kind of fucked up, but you see his and he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, he technically killed people, but it was because they were, he was possessed and he still has to go through this lava like hell like everyone else. I'm like, well that's shitty. He was he even sacrifices himself by like in order to prevent anyone else from getting from getting um possessed or murdered. I'm like, yeah, that guy doesn't deserve this. That's really shitty and unfair. So fuck you, Sentinel, like not cool, man. But what I did like, I agree. The spe- the practical effects were pretty cool, especially like the head splitting thing. When they there's a scene where this woman's got her like entire chest ripped open, and she's hanging there. Thought that was really good. Um, it's really dark, so you can't see most of it. But the scenes you can see are really well done. I just wish they had a f- they were able to afford like another flashlight or something, anything to make it more visible. Please burn a candle on this side of the camera. <laughs> Seeing as how this was an anthology, Paul, let's pick our top and bottom segments of the movie. For me, my favorite segment was Trick or Treat. It was just all around the most well-rounded and most fun of the four. And my bottom had to be a zombie movie. Like I said before, it was just kind of like the most plain and boring of the four. Yeah, my top was definitely was was definitely uh, trick or treat. It was funny. I love the over the top acting. I love just everything about it. It's so funny. It's so badly done. And there's a scene in there where I didn't include it, but I just wanted to point it out where he sees all these visions of like classic monsters and everything. It's all in his mind. But at one point, like this mummy comes, cuts out his tongue, puts it in his own mouth, and then says. I think like Happy Halloween or something like that. It was it was just hilarious. I I loved it. And for my bottom, I'd probably go with swimming pool just because it just seemed to kind of happen. I thought it was funny, but I just wish it made more sense, I guess. Even though that might have I don't think that would have made it any better, but I thought the others kind of at least attempted to make more sense. Instead of just kind of happening in what seemed like it was in the middle of the story. Well, we talked just a smidgen about the dialogue with that happy Halloween. So let's go ahead and give this a good old fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. I think I'll start us off this week with I am the Sentinel. Shut your holy stupid cunt. I know all about you and that young gigolo. Please, I've had better sex with myself. These zombies just look like assholes. Stop rooting Halloween. 
What are you, a calendar? You are here to confess and be judged. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say, please leave it in the comments below. It's time for our final take. Remember, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 2 out of 10. I also gave it a 2 out of 10. So, The Basement is a campy horror anthology that does well to imitate the old EC comics like Tales from the Crypt and The Vault of Horror. Just a couple people learning their untimely gruesome death through a story. Fun, cheap, practical effects that super ate grainy texture, and bad acting and voice acting makes this one ooey-gooey delicious pile of cheesy goodness. Each story is different from the last and entertaining in its own right. It seems that director Tim O'Raw is much more suited to shorts like this than he was to the feature-length Ghoul School, which we had to endure in the past. The Basement is a low-budget horror anthology film featuring the stories of four people doomed to burn for, burn in hell for all eternity over sins they would they were destined to commit in the future. None of the stories within the anthology were particularly well told, having tons of logical errors and some of the worst acting, lighting, and effects I've ever seen, which made it extremely enjoyable. The overall presentation is hilariously bad, and I just couldn't help laughing throughout the majority of the film. The Basement is everything that I would want in a movie that's so bad it's good. Well, surprising 2 out of 10 from both of us. And, you know, not a bad movie amongst all this month. But, you know, in case you didn't enjoy this as much as we did, we always have our ways to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll use some drinking games for this movie, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time a name gets crossed off of a list, take a drink. Number two, every time there's blood splatter, take a drink. Number three, whenever a gun gets shot, take a drink. Number four, anytime someone asks if they can change their fate, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's pandemic month, Every time you want to go somewhere other than your home, take a drink. Every time the Sentinel says something about sins, take a drink. Every time someone is underwhelmed by something supernatural, take a drink. Every time someone screams, take a drink. And every time the protagonist of the story kills someone, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment on either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros. On my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all of other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats from our website bmoviebros.com. We have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are right below. Since we've come to the end of our pandemic month, we've seen four movies. Let's, you know, rank them. For me, in the number four spot, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is The Last Man on Earth. A great movie and a decent adaptation of a book. However, in the number three spot, The Basement. It was fun. It was campy. And in all honesty, I can't really complain about it. And it was just a little more fun to watch because it wasn't a serious movie. Last Number two. Death Toilet. I fucking love Death Toilet. I mean, 
the concept sounds so out there and i really thought like oh man this movie's just gonna be terrible and really they they played the, they played their cards right and it, it was fantastic number one real two another really good job from our friend sv um just you know doing a different take on the found footage genre than his first movie and doing it right Mine is very similar. Number four, I've got The Last Man on Earth. It almost seems strange to have it ranked against the others because this was a full-length feature based on a book. It had, you know, much more well-known actor, Vincent Price. It's got had a much bigger, um, bigger budget, but it and it was it was fine. I was a bit disappointed that it didn't follow the original story as well as I had hoped, but it was a fine movie in its own right. But number three, Death Toilet. I just had so much fun watching it. It was so, so ridiculous, but in the right ways. Number two, I picked The Basement. My wife actually described it in the best possible way, which was this was the BSB B movie that we've watched in a while, and I just loved it. But number one, I had to give it to Real 2, another masterpiece by our good friend SV. He, I would say if I had to rank, if I had to put real one, real two to like together and judge which one I liked best, I'd put pick real one, but this is a damn good, good, um, sequel. And I really want to see where it goes. And I'm very happy that we got to see it. Well, as the world is changing around us and we're getting back outside and back to nature, as that's one of the best things we can do right now, Next month, we're going to take on outdoor movies. Movies where things happen. You guessed it. Outdoors. So we're going to take a look first at the 1988 film Cannibal Camp Out. What could possibly go wrong? So until next time, friends, be brave. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next one. I'm seeing the